Welcome to Behind the Screen, a bonus interview series from Forward Movement, featuring author conversations with our managing editor, Rochelle Thompson. Hi, welcome to Behind the Screen, a bonus podcast of Forward Day by Day. We're here today with Scott Gunn, author of the April Meditations. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing uh, well, as whatever well means in the year 2021. How about you? I'm doing well. Thanks for being with us. And I know a lot of people who are listening know of you. They may know you. But tell us a little bit more about yourself and um, maybe what you do in your spare time that might surprise folks. Sure. So I work at Forward Movement. um, And I've been working at Forward Movement for almost 10 years now. It's been a pleasure. I'm a priest, so before I came to Forward Movement, I was working in some parishes in Rhode Island. And I'm also a technology geek before I was ordained. I worked in technology at various companies, um, doing all sorts of things. And uh, let's see, what else can I tell you? I'm um, married also to a woman who is also a priest, and we have a dog who is not a priest, but who is named after a priest, uh, George T. Dog, who is named after... George Herbert, the first winner of the Golden Halo of Lent Madness, which is another avocation of mine. That's great. Well, I know another avocation is traveling. Tell us two or three of your top places that you want to visit when we're able to travel again. Oh, that's a such a great question. My last plane flight was March 4th, 2020, which is the longest I've ever, as an adult, by far not traveled. Um, by plane because and normally for my work at forward movement I'm gone more than I'm home so I am working right now on a trip um, in August I think I'm going to make a quick trip to Indonesia and then uh, Sherilyn and I are having a little vacation in early September hopefully to Japan if their borders are open again I have a trip to the Holy Land planned for October and um, if the pandemic allows and if civil strife has subsided, I'm hoping to uh, visit um, Ethiopia for the Festival of Timcot in January of 2022. So I've got a bunch of travel planned, just waiting for it to get here and hoping that it's safe to travel then. That's pretty exciting. And your trip to the Holy Land, you'll be leading that trip, right? You'll have yeah, I'm, taking I'm, some folks and... Yeah, I'm co-leading it with a couple of other people. Uh, Robert Hendrickson, who's a priest out in... Tucson, Arizona, and um, and um, a lay leader from his church. Um, so the three of us will be co-leading a pilgrimage. Well, that's great. Well, I hope for all of our sakes and yours especially that that gets to happen. <laughs> so you also talked about George. Um, you have to tell us a little bit more about George because he is famous in the Twitter world and has his own handle and is there with you at the office today. So tell us a little bit more about George. Yeah, so George the dog, George T. Dog, um, T stands for the, is a yellow lab. We got, he's a rescue dog. We got him from the um, Cincinnati Lab Rescue when he was one year old. He's now almost nine. And he's um, just like a yellow lab. He's always happy, very very loving. And um, he is on social media. As you said, his handle is George T. Dog, and you can find him on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> and often, uh, pe- some of his followers report about him that in 
the world of social media, which can often be anxiety producing and filled with strife, following George T. Dog is a little burst of joy and gratitude because George is, um, he's almost never snarky. It's almost always the insights into the mind of a yellow lab. <laughs> and he's a good antidote to doom scrolling or anything no, else, right? Exa that's exactly right. He's, he's great. He's great that way. And um, I've just started coming back to the office recently after working at home for a year. And um, George is here with me today and, and likes to come to the office. And um, he's always ready to meet new friends. That's great. Well, let's talk about Forward Day by Day. Obviously, you're the executive director of Forward Movement. You're a fan of Forward Day by Day. But tell me about Forward Day by Day in your own life and then also how you think it is a helpful tool for people in the world. Yeah, it's a, um, so when I was a parish priest, we, the church where I worked, uh, like almost every Episcopal church in the U.S., received uh, a bulk order, a standing order, a forward day by day. So we always had it every quarter to put out for the people who used forward day by day. And I, I never really read it much back then. I just thought it was, you know, as a, a nice devotion and it made a lot of people happy and I wanted to make the pe those people happy and it was an easy thing to do and it didn't cost very much so I just it I never really thought about it too much um and then I came to forward movement and as I traveled people started telling me their forward day-by-day -day stories mm -hmm. all kinds of people people told me stories about how uh their marriage had been saved uh, because of the connection to daily faith of Forward Day by Day. People told me about vocations, not just to clergy, but people had found their calling because of Forward Day by Day. People told me about how it had sustained them through periods of loneliness. Um, one woman told me how she found a church because her teenage daughter, when they visited church, grabbed a copy of it in the, in the entryway and wanted to come back to that church. And when the new issue came out and get it, um, and so I, I just heard so many stories that I realized that it has a power with people. Um, and what, what it is, is it's, it's, it's old stuff all the way back to the beginning of forward movement. It's not really, you know, I, I love forward day by day, obviously, and you work very hard on it and I work very hard on it. It's some of it's forward day by day itself. And I think that our product is outstanding. But the real magic of it, I think, um, I'm using magic loosely, is that every day it invites people to read a little bit of scripture, to reflect on that scripture, and then to pray. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that habit of reading, reflecting, and praying day in and day out that becomes a sustaining connection. And then, of course, forward day by day. I, I've looked at a bunch of other devotionals, and I'm not going to say ours is better, um, but I'm going to say I like ours more. Um, because you get to, we invite authors to write for a whole month. And so um, as a reader, I get to know the people a little bit in 30-ish days of writing. Um, and so that's another, another benefit of it. It's reading, reflecting, praying, reading, reflecting, praying, and also getting to know these very diverse people who write for Forward Day by Day and, and seeing how God works in the lives of old people and young people and women and men and liberals and conservatives and people who live in big cities and people who live in the country. And it's, I think it's, um, it's a real gift to me as a reader. And I, I know from hearing from people, it's a gift to readers all over the world. 
as you were writing, there's a lot of pressure when you're writing. It's a very, as you said, um, it is a, it's a particular style. You have 220 words to try to engage people in scripture and have them reflect on their live, lives. And, um, and it's hard. I've written before, you've written before. It's a, hard, it's a hard challenge to do that day after day for 30 days and hopefully to meet people's expectations. What did you find most challenging in the process? So the, the first time I wrote for Forward Day by Day, I think this was my third time through, um, the first time I wrote, I thought this will be a piece of cake because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the world's greatest writer, but I'm a very fast writer. And so I kind of prided myself on, you know, somebody can walk in the office and say, I need 300 words on this or that, and I can churn them out. And I thought this will be a piece of cake, 200 words times 30, you know, golly, was I wrong. Um, <laughs> 200 words 220 words is a really hard length for a writer because if it's shorter than that it's just a few sentences and nobody expects a narrative arc you know it's just a, a quick thought a tweet if it's longer than that you've got words to play with and um you don't have to be too careful but 220 words is long enough that you have to have a it has to have a beginning and a middle and an end and it has to communicate one thought hopefully and uh, it's hard. And then um, doing that once is pretty hard. Doing it twice is, you know, it's, it's so on. But to generate 30-ish times and to stay fresh and to, to think, how can I come at these texts so that the person reading it doesn't get bored with me, you know, 15 days in? Right. Um, so, you know, you try to approach it, okay, today I'm going to focus a little more on the text. I'm going to tell a story today. I'm going to look at the future. I'm going to look at the past. And it's, um, I think writing forward day by day, I have now co-authored two books and written one book and I've done a bunch of writing. I think for writing a month of forward day by day is the hardest writing I've had to do. I think you're right. I, I've written a lot too. And it's hard. I always feel like the first 10, I can just whip out the next 10 are painful. And the last 10, I would, you know, Think about cutting my arm off before I was able to, to finish those. They're hard. So yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that we do to try to for the people who are listening, you know, I guess this is behind the screen. So this is the whole point of it is right. um, you as the editor of this encourage people to write about a year before their meditations are due. So I found that helpful. Um, you know, if I'm writing meditations that are going to appear in Lent, if I'm writing them the year before during Lent, I'm kind of in the zone. Right. And um, there was one year I wrote for December. Those were Advent meditations. And I think it was a last minute request because somebody backed out or something. And it was the middle of the summer or something. And I was listening to Advent music to try to get myself in the zone. Right. But that's one of the other challenges is to write things that will not appear until a year later. So they can't be too grounded in the present moment. Um, right. But one of the things I'll, I find interesting and I, invite you to speak to it is that we do ask authors to write a year in advance and yet so often we have we turn to a meditation and it seems like it is speaking exactly to today and we hear from writers or from readers who say um th this person is talking about this political thing that happened or this current event and we can honestly say no that was a year ago God is speaking about that event, but how do you right. respond to readers who 
contact you about that? Well, I, I just um, exactly tell people that we wrote these um, a year ago before such and so crisis was in anyone's, a, a twinkle in anyone's eye. We, we had no idea. And, um, and I think you're right. I think, I think some of the themes of scripture are constant themes. The scriptures urge us to um, tell the truth. The scriptures urge us to be sacrificially generous. The scriptures urge us to um, joyfully proclaim the good news of Jesus. There are themes that occur over and over again in scriptures. And I think those eternal themes also occur over and over in our lives. So it makes sense that a message that I write a year ago that's challenging someone to speak truthfully is going to plug into a current event because we humans regularly struggle with whether or not we speak truthfully. So, right. yeah. Right. It's scripture is pretty amazing that way, that it can speak to us in new ways if we only will have ears to hear. Uh, well, exactly. And that's, that's some of it is I think we, this, the scriptures are a well that we can go back to again and again and again. And the living water, I think I read that somewhere, the living water, you know, never, right. um, it never runs dry. It's, right. it's always there. So we've talked a little bit, we asked people to write a year in advance. Can you tell us a little bit more about the process? Um, I think people might not know all of the different ways that we share forward day by day and it's reach beyond our, the Episcopal church borders. Yeah. So we um, currently, as of today, and in the future, there could be even more ways, you can get forward day by day, uh, of course, in print form. So we have a little booklet that's pocket-sized, and most of our readers love that because you don't need any batteries, and um, you don't have to, you can't get notifications, so you can read it peacefully. <laughs> and so... Um, it's available as a little booklet, and then we have a bigger size and a large print for people who might in, appreciate that. We publish it in a little booklet in Spanish, Adelante Dia a Dia. And then we have it available as um, an app that's for Android or Apple, iOS. And so you can read forward day by day there. We post a link to the, we post the meditations every day on our website, prayer.forwardmovement.org. We link to those meditations online every day on our Twitter and our Facebook feeds. You can buy Forward Day by Day for your Kindle. And by the way, a lot of people like to get it on Kindle because you can adjust the text size and make it really big if you want big type or whatever. Read it on your phone. You can get Forward Day by Day in your email every day. It's free now. Um, there's a podcast, so you can listen to Forward Day, Forward Day by Day every day. And... Um, I think that's the list. Did you say Braille? Oh, Braille. Right? Yes, it's available in Braille. So if we have um, listeners to this um, podcast who are um, visually impaired or blind, if it, just contact us and we'll send you a copy of Forward Day by Day for free in Braille. And speaking of Braille, we also have the Book of Common Prayer in Braille. So if somebody wants all 13 volumes or just part of the Book of Common Prayer, we're happy to supply that as well. Well, we have a lot of the different formats and then we have readers really all over the world yeah um, uh, countries and uh, we hear from people um from little small communities in 
India and Asia and um, Europe and Australia and um, and then of course here in the United States and then in all of the other countries that are a part of the Episcopal Church. So um, our our reach is far and it's it's quite an honor to be a part of that. No, it's amazing. I was in Israel a few years ago and I was with a group of people from all over the world and. I happened to the first day of the of the trip, I sat down at dinner next to a woman from Trinidad and Tobago. And we were exchanging the, you know, who, what do you do back home? Why are you here? You know, all those pleasantries. And I said, oh, I work at Forward Movement. And she said, what's that? And I said, it's part of the Episcopal Church and we publish Forward Day by Day. She said, really? And she reached into her purse and she pulled out the current issue of Forward Day by Day. And I thought, this is just, an amazing gift to get to serve in this ministry of being in the Holy Land and talking to a, a random Anglican from Trinidad and Tobago who pulls forward day by day out of her purse. It was a real gift. That is a real gift. And it's uh, uh, an honor and a, a joy to be able to be a part of it and to work with you on this. Uh, is there anything else that you hope that readers, as they experience your month of meditations in April, do you have a hope for them and how they will respond or engage with your meditations? Well, really, it's not so much about my meditations as it is about what happens during these April meditations, which is the very tail end of Holy Week and then Easter Day and going on into the Easter season. And I hope for myself and for everyone who reads Forward Day by Day that the scriptures and perhaps my reflections will speak to people. Um, we've been through a lot as a people in the last year, um, and I hope that the message of resurrection, that suffering and death and sin are never the end, that God's love is always triumphant. It may be hard to see it at, the, at times, but I hope that that real joyous transformational Easter message can speak to all of us and inspire us to be disciples of Jesus. Um, and not be too too uh, too weary because of the year that's passed, but to be people of hope for the time that is to come. Amen. Well, thank you, Scott, for being with us and for writing the month of April meditations. And I've enjoyed talking with you today. Thanks, and uh, thanks for all your work. Blessings. Mm -hmm.